Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up? And welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast coming to you live out of King's Comics in Sydney, 310 Pitt Street. For now! Sorry. Jesus, that was loud. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, guys, we're moving. King's Comics is moving. Whoa. We can't Whoa. tell you where yet <laughs> no. or when. It's a secret location at a secret time, but it's happening at some point. Um, remember uh, where Seagull World used to be? Oh, that well, would be so fucking it's, good. It's not there, but, not but, there. but the, we've got the dome. The Seagull <laughs> World dome. This is a very Sydney-specific reference. It's also an old Sydney reference yeah, yeah, that yeah. all of our young listeners won't even get. But there used to be this uh, attraction in Darling Harbour. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was red mm-hmm. and had um, it was called Seager World. It, it was, was like so a, it was like an interactive virtual theme park. Yep. Um, with lots of Seager attractions, and there was a big blue dome, and uh, Seager went quickly out of business, um, and so it became like a an underage rave party venue. Oh my god! It was a really? party they called Crush, and it was wow. like pop and trance. Wow. Anyway, we got the dome, everybody. <laughs> we got it. The King's Dome coming soon. Yeah, absolutely. To an un- undisclosed location. And we're just going to put Jim in the dome. But you know what hasn't moved, Siobhan? What? Kingscomics.com. And that's where you can find absolutely. every single comic that we talk about on today's show. Because that's what we do on this podcast. We talk about comics. My name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coombs. And every week we read all the comics that came out last week, let you know which are our favorites, mm-hmm. and uh, you know just give you a little bit of an update on what's going on in, in all the publishers. Absolutely. Uh, because we try to read as many books as we uh, are able to, mm-hmm. although that number is becoming... Happily, in, for me, yeah, just yeah. a little bit smaller and smaller each week as, yeah. I, as I stop forcing myself to read books that I don't care about. I am jettisoning series left, right and center. <laughs> series overboard. <laughs> uh, so we're going to kick off like we do every single episode by doing First Things First, in which we review all the no- new number one issues that came out last week. Uh, and uh, in case you've been living under a rock or don't read comics, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you would have noticed that... Uh, Fantastic Four is back. Back, baby. They're back. The fa- uh, the world's greatest comic magazine, mm-hmm. um, as created by Stanley and Jack Kirby, um, all those years ago. Um, the Marvel first family. I think all the weird things that we can describe. Yeah, the Fantastic yeah. The first Four family is, of Marvel. The Future the, Foundation. Um, the ever loving uh, thing. Yeah, the the horny human torch. <laughs> <laughs> That's a part of his character. <laughs> The grumpy, invisible woman. (laughs) (laughs) Does she, like, 
like like I'm always like I want to love Sue Storm, but does she have any other like does she have a personality other than mum and sometimes likes to bone Namor? That's a good <laughs> that's personality, a great personality actually. Great. I take yeah. it back. Great. The Namor boning invisible woman. <laughs> And the bad and the, father. Yeah, the sometimes neglectful father. <laughs> Mr. Fantastic. Uh, Fantastic Four are back after a long hiatus away from Marvel, um, in which many people speculated it was because of the movies and they're not right. Uh, Disney not owning the rights to Fantastic Four, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, also, it happened to do, like to coincide with the worst ever superhero movie, Fan Four Stick, coming oh. out. Did you see that? Fan Four Stick is that what? It's yeah, they, they replaced the second A with a four. Ah, uh, right. Okay. No, I didn't see it. I was like excited about it because I liked the cast but um, then I never watched it because it? people yeah, it was, hated it so it's much. one of the I, I remember leaving the cinema and going like wow I like I just but at that point like we hadn't had BVS yet <laughs> right okay but I was like I was like, oh wow! I just like I thought we we worked out how to do these to at least an acceptably average level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, why was it so bad? It was. What what happened in it? It's really short, which okay. is normally Ooh, a good thing. I like thing. that. That sounds uh, nice. But it, it just. I'm sold. Basically, um, uh, like Doctor Doom, for example, um, is he is made of organic matter. And he has an, an insane amount of power. He basically he can he can like suck people's life forces from from their thing. There's oh, heaps yeah. of death in it. Uh, um, it's like who played some Doctor guy. Doom? I can't some remember. I, I just remember I hating it, uh, hating every second of it, more and, than- and going like, wow, that's the first time since like Wolverine Origins mm. that I was like, oh, that was not a good superhero <laughs> movie at all. <laughs> um, was it worse than the uh, Jessica Alba as Sue Storm? I mean that was that they're bad. They're bad, but at least they're kind of goofy and they yeah. know they're bad. Yeah. This had no idea it was bad, and, mm. the, and and it was like completely devoid of joy. And at the very end, they're like, um, "Hey, what should we call ourselves?" And they're like, oh, "Something fantastic or something like Ugh. awful Ugh. like that." So like, you can't yeah. just suddenly be happy now. Yeah. Your dad had his life sucked out of him by a organic Doctor Doom, Hot. who you killed with rocks. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. God. Sounds awful. <laughs> Not a good movie, but Fantastic Four they're back in in comic book form <laughs> now. Um, they're generally a bit cheerier than that. Yeah, and uh, so w- this is a new creative team. It's Dan Slott with art by Sarah Pacelli and Simone Bianchi, um, and uh, Scotty Young is on here as well. Right. Um, he did a little bonus bit oh. at the end, uh, oh. and we've got Marty Gracia um, to, on colors. Uh, so yeah, obviously a big. Uh, action-packed first issue to welcome the, the family back in which they are not actually in it at all. I mean, half they're, of the family. They're, yeah, sure. But half of the family have been in the Marvel Universe for yes. for this entire time. Um, so, yeah, jo- this, this basically catches up with Johnny and Ben. Um, and we still are missing Sue, Reed, Valeria and Franklin. That's right. And her- is Herbie around? I think Herbie's around. Uh, but, yeah, so this... Uh, this book, I mean, we've been reading Marvel Two and One, which has been written by Chip Zdarsky and has kind of been the the you know Human Torch and the Thing uh, team up book, and really enjoying it. But when we last left that series, mm. which I think still has issues coming out, yeah, um, Ben and Johnny are like stuck in another universe without their powers. Yeah, and what a surprise that Marvel have fucked up uh, some timing shit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so and it, this kind of feels like the story that Chip should have been allowed to tell. So this is uh, Johnny and Ben, you know. Ben finally admitting to Johnny that, like, you know, that, that, well, he kind of did that in Chip's run, but basically, yeah. like, acknowledging that, that, that Johnny's sister and her, her family are, are, are dead mm. or, or, you know, missing f- for good. But probably dead. 
Um, and uh, oh. so there is a lot of emotional moments in that. Like he, he's tricked into thinking that the that, that that they're back because some goddamn Yancey Street kids fucking Yancey Street uh, gang. fire a big fiery four into the sky. But yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed this. Same. We we get a tease that um, at the end that. Uh, there's a big signal in the sky that is in 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 space that can be seen from Earth. A bit a massive four, which mm-hmm. must have been left by by the Richards family. We can see them doing it, also. Yes, but um, I just kind of feel like this was like it was it was a really nice, well written story, and it, you know, it kind of incorporated a lot of things, not just about the Fantastic Four, but also just Marvel Universe in general, and mm-hmm. was kind of really well put together. Mm-hmm. I just feel like this is the story that Chip should have been allowed to tell in two and one. Yeah. Instead of this being the start of this series, it should have been the end of his one. Yeah, yeah, yes, agreed. Um, but Marvel are jerks, I suppose. Also, you didn't even mention the best bit of this, which is that the thing finally proposes to Alicia. That's right. Yes. His girl. Yes. Um, was and then Johnny's a huge jerk. <laughs> is it in Mark Miller's run that um, the thing is going to get married and then he he decide, like he he speaks to all the other Marvel heroes who have lost their wives, <laughs> and is like, "Hey, this is a terrible idea. I'm not going to get married." I think it's probably, yeah, yeah, probably. Also, Doom is back in Latveria wearing a sexy skirt, and only a sexy skirt yeah, now. He's got his nips out. He's got his nips out. They're not scarred beyond recognition. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I yeah, like this. it looks like Doom is going to be evilish again. But I mean, he's kind of always ambiguous. Yeah. Like, yeah, and he's like good in terms of Latveria. They're like, ah, our savior has returned with his true face. He's yeah. not handsome anymore. He's fucked up again. That's what we like about him. Yeah. Um, I think that this is like this is pretty much what I expected from a dance lot Fantastic Four book. You know, like it's sort of very family focused. Um, it's quite sweet. It didn't try and fucking rewrite something. Uh, I'm very tired, guys. Um, but, you know, like it, it was a bit pain by numbers, but that's fine. Yeah, definitely. I was wondering what kind of slot we were going to get on this. If we were going to get like the Spider-Man dance Sexy slot, slot. Or we were going to get the Silver Surfer. Ginger kind of slot. Very kind of... Scary slot. Throwback. Sorry. <laughs> throwback. Uh, um, scary slot. <laughs> uh, the kind of throwback to Silver Age, um, or even Golden Age, uh, Silver Surfer comic that he did. Yeah. Um, but it's somewhere in between. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think that works. And Sarah Pacelli is very, very good. This is quite different from I, her I'm not going to disagree with you at all. Yeah. Um, style, but I think that she is a good sort of voice for this book. She does a great thing. I don't know if I love her flamed on Johnny, but flamed off Johnny, mm. I'm fine with. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know how I like my Human Torch to be drawn, but I don't think it's that. You know who I would love to see draw a Human Torch is Treadmore. Oh I yeah, that would great. I think he would like do an amazing thing. But the thing is, he would take a month to draw every panel featuring Johnny in it because there'd I'm be so many that. tiny lines of fire. Worth it. Yeah, that'd be great. Excellent. Give us that, please. Yes, please. Uh, but yeah, until we get that, um, this will suffice. <laughs> um, Fantastic Four number one gets a thumbs up from me. Yeah, absolutely. I liked it. And Read it, guys. Probably. I hope they're not double have. shipping this one. I bet they will, though. Uh, I actually don't know. Do you know if this is being double shipped, Wayne? Wayne. He has no cool. idea. Great. Yeah, Doing I don't a good know. Job as I always. don't really know why I asked. <laughs> <laughs> um, over to DC now, specifically their Vertigo imprint, and we get the return of uh, a franchise of theirs that has been gone for a while too. Not really yeah. a franchise, so, but sure, let's call it a franchise. It is a bit of a franchise. The Sandman is back. Neil Gaiman's The Sandman is back for the Sandman universe one shot. 
um, featuring contributions from Simon Sperrier, Nalo Hopkinson, Kat Howard, Dan Waters, Bilquis Everly, Dominique Domo-Stanton, Tom Fowler, Max Fiamara, Sebastian Fiamara, and Matt Lopez. I feel like this didn't get as much attention as I kind of thought it would. Has it, uh, like... Yeah, I don't know. Sandman is such a huge deal and it's so beloved, but maybe all of the fans of the Sandman don't really read comics anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think Sandman is a huge deal to people that have read three comics. Mm. It's that, True. Preacher, yep. and Mouse. Yeah. We did it. Maybe Watchmen. Oh, it's superhero comics aren't really for me, but I do love Watchmen. Comics are for grown-ups now. <laughs> uh, I like the Sandman. I've read uh, the in, in, in its entirety and some of the... Um, I've, you know, the spin-offs from it, a bit of Lucifer. Um, Loved Lucifer. Dead Boy Detectives, also great. Yep. Death Comics, also great. Um, and then we're also getting The Books of Magic, another Neil Gaiman um, uh, f- franchise from the uh, mm-hmm. late 80s at Vertigo, coming back too. And so this one shot, kind of uh, using a, um, like a book, en- it's bookended by uh, a story written and written by um, Simon Spurrier. Who with- is such a good fit. Sorry. Yes, definitely. And um, and with art by um, Bilkus Everly, who's also an even better fit. Holy amazing. fuck. So, yeah. And they're doing a book together. They're doing the main um, Sandman book in which uh, the Sandman has gone missing. Oh, no. It's called The Dreaming. Oh, no. Um, what's annoying is that they, they kind of show you all these books. But they don't tell you what the creative teams are. I know. That did annoy me. Um, but I think you can kind of figure it out. Sure. End. Yeah. Uh, but... So, yeah, we're getting The Dreaming, written by Cy Spurrier and Bill Chris Everly, which is going to be about, you know, what, what all these characters in the Sandman's kind of world, um, which is my favorite thing about the Sandman series. I love um, Lucian, the librarian. Yep. You have Cain and Abel. Yeah. Um, you know, one always trying to kill the other. Um, you have, uh, what's the pumpkin-headed guy's name? Uh, uh, it's not Jack. That's too obvious. George. No. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, yeah, and, and then, of course, you have... Um, uh, the crow, the raven, um, one Matthew. of Matthew, one of the, one of the many ravens, um, and so th- this is kind of the the sequence that kind of ties it all together is uh, to basically different different dreams that lo- that mm-hmm. um, that Matthew the raven is kind of uh, popping into as he tries to find his master, the Sandman. Um, and uh, yeah, I particularly loved catching up with all of the side characters yeah. from the Sandman stuff in the Sysperia, Bilkus Everly's book. Her art is phenomenal. So good, guys. Like, I just... She's such a huge talent. She really is. And this is definitely going to be the book that everyone will take notice. Yeah, um, for I sure. hope so. Um, um, I, th- I thought this was really good. I think it's like the Sandman universe is very sort of uh, broad and ambitious. And as much as I'm like, oh, I'd like to see these people play around with new things, it's um, cool to see them you know, putting their own voice on things that are now like very much sort of comic book mythology. Like these are sort of core elements of comic books, Western comic books, I would yep. say. Sandman is such a iconic series from an iconic time in comic books. I mean, it really made Vertigo a imprint that was worth paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they've got an amazing creative team, creative teams And obviously game and kind of overlooking it all. Absolutely. Um, like yep. a creepy, creepy... Headmaster. Um, the Lucifer story also looks exceptional. It looks great. I like how he oh, oh. looks like a sexy David Bowie there, and then like a Alan Moore. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I was too uh, drawn into the story that they were teasing in that little short story for Lucifer, mm. but um, look, I, we are going to give all these series a shot. It's funny that I feel like Young Animal kind of wrapped up, and then we get this immediately in its place. Yeah. It feels very thematically similar, yeah. Um, uh, and it'll probably be better. <laughs> uh, maybe, hopefully. Maybe. Fingers crossed. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think the book, books of magic and the dreaming are the two books that I'm looking forward to. This the uh, there is one that I, w- I am interested to see more of, which is the um, 
guess is it, is it set in like New Orleans? It's yeah, yeah, like yeah voodoo the sort of priests. voodoo one. Yeah, interesting. I think that one's going to be called House of Whispers. House of Whispers, love that cover. Yeah. Um, cool. Anyway, very exciting to kind Absolutely. of to see more from from for Vertigo in general. Yeah. And then we also have all these other series uh, launching. They're, they're launching seven other new series um, later in the year. So man. In, Mark Russell the is year. the king of books that I'm like, I don't think I'm going to like that. And then I see his name on it. I'm like, I am going to enjoy that. Yeah, definitely. The Second Coming is um, by Mark Russell. That's actually coming out in March next year. Oh. We're ages away from that. Oh. <laughs> but I'm very excited about Border Town as well. That's um, September 2018. That's soon. Yes, please. With Ramon, Val- Ramon Villalobos and Tamara Bonvillan uh, working together. Very exciting. Um, cool. Yeah, good to see Vertigo doing shit again. Absolutely. Never leave us. Please. Uh, over to Boom Comics now, and we get the creative team that gave us Grass Kings, the um, kind of, uh, you know, separate- Secessionist. Yes. Uh, it was beautifully illustrated by Tyler Jenkins, written by Matt Kent, um, colors by Hillary Jenkins. Um, and I thought when they announced this, it was actually going to be a spin-off of the Grass Kings series. This is much weirder. Uh, it's called Black Badge, and um, it is about a four Boy Scouts- who are sent to infiltrate South Korea, North Korea? Sorry, North Korea, they, yeah. they, they go while while on a scout trip to, to South Korea, they they split from their group and go on a, like an espionage mission into North Korea. Yeah, it's pretty much like what if scouts were also scouts? <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Like they, the final badge that they have to get is the badge of being like black ops operatives because no one, no one notices four small boys. Anyway, I thought uh, I sort of thought this was like. I wanted it to take itself slightly less seriously. It felt like it was a, a yeah. very, very straight yeah. um, look at something that is very, 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 very silly in its basic concept. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so don't heaps know if this is for me. This could be a lot more fun. And yeah, yeah, Grass King certainly started out like there were a lot of kind of fun elements to that story. It wasn't over the top mm. dark, but it got, that became a very dark story as it went yeah. on. Um, and uh, this looks to kind of out the gates to be a pretty pretty yeah somber affair from yeah. Matt Kent. I definitely prefer it when he allows more whimsy into his stories. Absolutely. Um, but that Jeff Lemire variant cover is excellent. It's very nice. And the colours are like gorgeous. Always yep. beautiful watercolours. Um, and it's like a, it's a good looking book, but it's just it's just very silly. Very <laughs> silly. I want it to be more silly or less silly. You know what I mean? Yeah. The current level of silliness is not appropriate. <laughs> Up the silly please. Please. Uh, that's Black Badge from Boom Comics. You going to read another issue or two of this? Nah. Okay, there you go. Um, surprise favorite number one for me this week. Ah, okay. I didn't read this because I was like, ugh, I just can't. Came from, can't be fucked. Came from Aftershock, um, and it is a crime comic called Hot Lunch Special, um, and it's written by Elliot Rahal. It has a sandwich with fingers in it. On Jorge Fornes. Yeah, the, the opening scene is uh, an off-duty uh, uh, highway patrol um, cop, Uh Eating a finger, uh, eating a sandwich mm. which has a finger in it, mm. and uh, we then on purpose or by accident. Well, it's not really a hundred percent answered. Uh, right. We we do know who the, who the finger belongs to, uh, because we this this book is about a uh, a Lebanese uh, mob essentially, oh, cool. who also run a sandwich business, um, cool. and their business is kind of like it, it's it's set in. It's set in like the the Dakotas, mm-hmm. uh, so you have a lot of Fargoisms. It felt very Fargoy in time. You have the, the cops investigating these uh, strange gang gangs, um, and a lot of it is told from the point of view of a, a young boy who works in a sandwich shop. And uh, at the start of the comic, is telling uh, his class in like a show and tell um, 
the history of the the sandwich shop and he's sparing no details and talking about uh, all the mob figures uh, in his family. Uh, It's fantastic. It's really well done. Um, The art is wonderful, um, like kind of like a kind of grittier Mike Allred. Yeah, gorgeous. Um, And uh, the writing was excellent. I thought this was... This was just a, a really, really brilliant first issue. I love crime books, yeah. And uh, this one ends on a fucked cliffhanger, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely hooked. This was oh, cool. I'm disappointed was, that I didn't pick that up. <clears throat> I'll let you read it while I while I edit this episode, if you Thanks. like. Um, but yeah, this was uh, this is my my like my you you may have missed this one. I yeah. definitely picked this one up. I was expecting to to love Black Badge, and this one I was kind of like you know aftershock of pretty hit and miss when yeah. it comes to comics that are for me. And this one's extremely for me. I thought the cover was so not for me that I was like definitely oh, I thought it was gonna be like Chew or something like well, that. The beef, the colors like, like the beef. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't like um, I don't like people eating people. Okay, I'm I'm pretty okay <laughs> with that to be honest. It's one of my things. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is a great book. It's called Hot Lunch Special. And um, I'm hoping they can follow up uh, this excellent issue uh, with a great series following this one. Yeah. Um, very quickly, uh, we both picked up and took home the newest one by Howard Chaikin, Hey Kids Comics, um, which I thought was going to be like a uh, brutal takedown of the comics industry and cons and all that kind of thing by the oh, yeah. pretty goofy cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, but upon opening it, it's uh, it's kind of Howard Chaikin's retelling of like the comic book industry he and the largely him. Jewish kind of... yeah. I love the past. But people that people I've heard some good good reports from from people that enjoyed this comic. I just looked at it and I was like, I can't do another comic by Chaikin. Yeah. Who has kind of done some dodgy things in the last couple of years, released some dodgy things, but also every single character looks exactly the same. I know. And I just yeah, I just can't do it. I think that now it looks like at the very least his work is like colored digitally and I think it looks just wonky. Yeah. And I just don't like it. I loved his work on, on Satellite Sam with that fraction. Yeah, um, I, 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 I bet you did. <laughs> I can't even remember. That was the wasn't there. There was some like fucked up shit with that. They yeah, released yeah, a Tijuana we, Bible. Yes, that's right. Yeah, um, but uh, that's you would love that series. Yeah, it's, it's your it's your kind of uh, kind of smart. Disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so yeah, that's Hey Kids Comics. If you want to go check that out, if you are a fan of Chicken. Uh, so that is it for first things first. Not that many number ones this week, but uh, yeah, my my favorite this week was definitely um, Hot Lunch Special. I really I love being taken by surprise by a book that I have no idea about. Yeah. Cool. Um, and of course, uh, Fantastic Four and uh, the Sandman Universe books were, good, were really good too. Absolutely. Uh, now we play a game called Roll the Dice for Image, Marvel or DC. Um, if you want to come and discuss any of those series or find out more about any of the books that we talked about, uh, feel free to come and ask us all the questions you'd like to ask us in our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. Um, while you're here and we're talking about links, why don't you check out our Patreon for two very cool bonus episodes that we did in the last couple months. They are... Um, very in-depth, uh, nice and long uh, mm-hmm. spoiler episodes all about uh, two recent image books that we loved. Um, one of them finished. The other one is going on a hiatus in def- for, a, for a year or so. Um, they are Kill or Be Killed by Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, and Elizabeth Brightriser, and Saga by Brian K. Vaughan and uh, Fiona Staples. Um, Levin's cried. I cried. If you want to hear me crying in an mm-hmm. episode of Serious Issues, the only way you can hear that, um, and like full-on like yeah. <laughs> unable to talk yeah. crying. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash HeyFanPodcast. I loved recording that, and it's something we're going to try and be doing uh, you know, every month or so, um, or you know, every other month when we do our, uh, our kind of graphic novel wrap-ups. Mm-hmm. I've not been reading many graphic novels lately. I've got a massive stack. Tons. Really? Okay, yeah. okay we, we need to do that next week then. Um, but yeah, Patreon.com slash Podcast is where you go to get a whole bunch of bonus material by us and uh, 
while you listen to all that bonus material, you do so with the knowledge that you have uh, helped two struggling parents yep. uh, p- put pies on the table for Absolutely. another week. Just pies. No one even eats them. It's just we just stack them up. And, uh, they, we gotta have them. We gotta. We need them. So please uh, give us some pie money. Serious issues. Uh, Patreon.com slash serious issues podcast. Now we play a game called Roll the Dice for Image of Marvel or DC. Thank you very much to Brad Love for providing us with this very fancy three sided die. I'm gonna roll a Marvel first. And um, dropped on the ground. Image. So Marvel, then Image, and then DC. Nice. Marvel. Let's talk about Amazing Spider Man. Okie doke. a big Marvel week. Lovely. Two Spider-Mans. Two Spider-Mans. Uh, because at the end of the last issue, uh, Spider-Man came face-to-face with Peter Parker, um, and which is a fun trope that has happened uh, throughout many uh, runs of, of, mm-hmm. of Spider-Man. Uh, this but is the first time when I've read it, and it's like a literal split. Yeah. Though. So, yeah, using uh, some accidental crazy technology, Peter Parker and Spider-Man are two separate entities. Yeah, and, and it's like the literal same thing that... Turned him into a man spider, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, the same, same machine. Same machine. So this Turn is, uh, that machine off, friends. Written by uh, Nick Spencer with excellent art. Just the best art just by best. Ryan Otley. He's just so well well matched to this uh, to this book. Uh, inks by Cliff Rathburn and, and colors by Laura Martin. It's a great creative team. Nick Spencer has really found his, uh, his groove with mm-hmm. this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is a fun thing to do with Spidey, I guess. So um, not only... So Spider-Man has all the spider powers, obviously, Mm -hmm. Um, but then Peter Parker realizes that uh, he also has all of his science knowledge as well. Yes. And then at the end of the issue, we learn that that he's literally, like Peter Parker has all the responsibility and Spider-Man has all all the power. Yep. It's pretty funny. Like, I like it as a, um, it is like comic book ambitious. You know what I mean? Like it's the kind of thing that could only happen in a comic book in like a funny sort of big symbolic but they're also literally split yeah. kind of way. And I, I'm into that. Um, yeah, I thought this was good and silly. I still think Nick Spencer could uh, just turn down the dialogue like 5%. Yeah. Just slightly less dialogue, slightly less sort of pop culture references. I know that's like my personal bugbear, but just like you don't have to reference fucking Arrested Development. Like why are you dating your comic like, <laughs> yeah. that quickly, bro? Uh, Spider-Man and Peter Parker, two of the most talky characters in the Marvel Universe, though. And so when you split them, you have two very talky very characters talky talking to each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I like the idea of a responsibility-less Spider-Man. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. But also, can he take his mask off? <coughs> well, he doesn't in this, so I guess not. Mm. Yeah. That'd be funny if he takes it off and it's just full of spiders. <laughs> ah! He's like a literal man spider. Ah! <laughs> Uh, so that's uh, Amazing Spider-Man number three. Um, I'm enjoying this series. Uh, it, it is one of the ones where I, I'm like, I'm, I am nearing the point where it's, you know, it is a double shipping one. So I'm like, oh, I don't like Spider-Man that much. But it's been fun so far. Yeah. I'll keep reading. It's been fun. I'll keep going. Might as well. Um, we got the final issue of The Hunt for Wolverine, The Adamantium Agenda. Um, oh, which yeah, is one of the many mini series. Yo, this was fucking great. Mm. Written by Tom Taylor with art by um, R.M. Silver. Um and R.B. Silver, sorry, and uh, inks by Adriano Di Benedetto, colors by Guru FX. Um, so this this series kind of dealt with uh, a lot of the new Avengers characters dealing with um, basically trying to track down Wolverine. All, all these little mini series are different groups of uh, mutants or, or superheroes trying to find Wolverine now that he's returned to the Marvel Universe and no one knows if he's a good guy or a bad guy. Um, and uh, this dealt with it in a really fun way in that uh, it sent Tony Stark 
Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Spider Man to a uh, an auction where um, people were auctioning off the DNA of a certain mutant, and everyone thought it was going to be Wolverine, but it turned out to be the DNA of Jess Jones and Luke Cage's daughter. Has she got confirmed powers yet? Uh, no, no. So it, it, was, it wasn't actually a mutant. It was just like you know, a high, high, I don't know, whatever. Um, anyway, just so a baby. It, you guys want this baby's DNA? It turns out that Mister Sinister has been um, has like a, a database of everyone's DNA, like every oh. superhero's DNA. Oh no! And uh, it had this really great kind of it, every every one of these issues opened with. Um, a conversation between uh, Wolverine and, and Tony Stark where um, Wolverine basically had to kind of sacrifice himself to detonate a bomb. Right. Because um, he, he's, you know, he, he's... He can, yeah, it's not he, really so a sacrifice. Exactly. He can, like, uh, so as he, as he does that, he's, he's not sure if this is this, this may kill him, this bomb. Right. And so he's like, Tony, like, you know, if, if, if this does kill me, I want you to make sure that, you know, you don't tamper with my body in any way because, oh. you know, I want you to promise me you never will do that because when I was looking at that bomb, mm. I saw... I saw something and it was the Stark Industries logo on it. So, oh, and like, no. And Tony like, so such a dick. Even if you didn't make that bomb, you know, you just You contributed in exactly. some way. Um, and so there was this really nice moment where um, you think, like, Mr. Sinister is, like, plan- um, uh, like, pr- like basically praying to Tony Stark, like, please, for the science, don't destroy my work. Mm. And um, Tony Stark, like, remembers that and goes, light her up, everyone. Nice. <laughs> but he, w- before he does that, um, he did. He did get two interesting little tidbits of information. Um, the first is that um, Laura will, um, X23 is not just a clone of Logan. She also she has as much DNA of her um, the scientist who carried her to term. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's her name? Sarah Kinney. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. In, so she's a clone of both of them, mm-hmm. <coughs> which is cool. And then um, the coolest thing and great little thing to set up as a mystery for the future is that one of the X Men isn't a mutant. And that oh. someone's been genetically altered to appear to be a mutant, and Tony Stark thinks that an X Men that the X Men might have a sleeper agent. Ooh. So it's like really fun, and it that was like, fun. yeah, it made me like. Whereas the last one that I read, I was like, this whole thing was pointless. Mm. This set up lots of fun stuff for the future and had a lot of worth to it as a comic. So Tom Taylor just understands. He does. Is. He really is like one of my favorite writers now. He's good. Um, he's just he just knows how to write a good superhero book that like you know yep. appeals to the fun action side of things but also has a lot of heart and a lot of kind of like depth as far as storytelling and yeah but also and i mean this in like a positive way they're like uh, a bit disposable do you know what i mean like i'm not heaps like ah tom taylor books are like classics that i will reread for generations but they are great like solid superhero storytelling yeah definitely yeah totally i I don't want i don't you don't need Every comic to be this groundbreaking no. thing. I just want the, he is like he makes really good comfort food. Yes, and uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, go Tom Taylor. That was um yeah the adamantium agenda from the hunt for Wolverine miniseries. I didn't read any of the other ones, so that'll be the last you hear of that. Yeah, um, I didn't un- know. until the next Wolverine miniseries jumps out in a few weeks' time. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Siobhan, unfortunately, Domino is a book that uh, did not. Uh, survived the cut this week for me. I got a oh, few pages really? in and I was just like, I don't remember who any of these characters <laughs> are again. Uh, but it's written by Gail Simone with art by Michael Shelfer, David Baldion and Jesus Albertov. This is issue number five and uh, follows the life of uh, Domino and her weird crew. Her crew of best friends um, and the... Shang-Chi. Yeah, so Domino is hanging out with Shang-Chi. 50% trying to bang, 50% trying to um, like learn how to control her luck powers because she's never been able to do that. Mm-hmm. And she is being targeted by 
Um, so Domino is a character who was raised in like a evil science facility, as many superheroes are. Um, and it was something like her powers were connected to some other kids, and so if they like hurt that kid, her powers would work or something. Yeah, and, and so and, now and that kid has grown up and like I'm gonna come fuck you up because Domino. every because her powers are like good luck powers. Every time she has yes. good luck, he has bad luck. Basically, yes. yeah. Um, and I just love Gail Simone. She's very funny. She's very dirty. Um, she is willing to melt someone's face half off. It's very disgusting. Uh huh. It's a good comic. I wish the covers weren't by Greg Land. Yeah. But other than that, uh, I have a good time with this every single time. It's not, again, it's not like groundbreaking, but it's good, fun superhero fare that you can just get through quite quickly. And the art's very nice. There you go. Colors are a bit funny, I would say. Who's Desmond? Desmond is, I don't know. He's the guy whose face gets melted off. Yes, Desmond. So he's the kid who has some bad luck. Oh, suck it, Desmond. (laughs) Suck it, Desmond. <laughs> the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl issue number 35 came out this week, uh, featuring writing by Ryan North, art by Derek Charm, colors by Rico Renzi. Um, and this is the finale of the uh, Craven the Hunter story, in which uh, Squirrel Girl attempts to kind of hang out with him and ensure that he's being a good guy and not a bad guy. But of course, um, uh, even after they. Uh, they do some good. Um, Craven is seen by the cops, and then they help him escape. And then uh, this is basically a fight between Spider-Man and uh, Craven the Hunter, with Squirrel Girl acting as mediator between them. And uh, I love how compelling he manages to make a fight scene with no fighting. Yes, definitely. <laughs> like, just Squirrel Girl being whipped you know, up, talking. Yes, definitely. I, I said at the last issue, I was like, I don't know. I feel like this is, this arc is kind of dragging, but this just just a joy of an issue to yeah, read. Really good. And the key thing that I got out of this, I really feel like Derek Ch- Charm has. Um, found his groove with this series. Yes. But man, I want to see him do a Spider-Man book. He understands the physicality of Spidey so well. I think he would be perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, one of my favorite uh, supporting characters in the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl comics is Brain Drain, uh, who is a brain in a jar on a, on a, on a body. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets a big heroic moment in this issue. And I laughed my entire way through it. Yep. It was just so joyous. Yeah. Brain Drain is one of the funniest. Yeah, ever. really good issue. And this, if 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 the if you've been like umming and ahhing about, you know, oh, should I should I be reading this Squirrel Girl book that like is mixed reviews depending on if you like good comics or bad comics. <laughs> um, but uh, I think this was a great a great arc to um to kind of even even though it doesn't feature the excellent art of um of Erica Henderson, I think this, this from a story point of view, this is a great solid arc from absolutely uh, and a longer arc than what they normally would do too. Um, the finale of uh of Craven. Oh, I didn't uh, be- even see the two weeks later bit at the end. Oh, so Craven, oh my be- God. Craven becomes a hero <gasps> and like leaves it leaves a a, you know, a crook tied up with a with a post-it note that says "Attention, Police." And when they answer, when they pick it up, he's he's signed it, the Unhuntable Sergey. That's his new name. <laughs> Make that canon. Yes, please. I'm done with Craven hunting. Yeah. Make him the Unhuntable Sergey. That's an amazing I love name. It. <laughs> um, he looks fantastic too. He sure does. Good, good issue. Absolutely. Um, finally, from Marvel, I read uh, issue 19 of Star Wars Darth Vader, written by Charles Soule, with art by Giuseppe Camincoli, and um, finishes by Danielle Orlandini, colors by David Curiel. And uh, yeah, this is just more more of Darth, Darth Vader um, killing Jedi and uh, just being awful and, and threatening. And uh, it's really, really good into, into a great groove. And Giuseppe Camincoli is just the, the perfect artist for this book. Um, it always looks great um, and really unique, like true to itself. It doesn't just look like you know every other kind of Star Wars bit of media. It really, mm-hmm. he, he really does. It has it lets his own kind of uh, uh, drawing style shape the book. Um, mm. And uh, Charles Soule 
writes of even though you know he's always going to do like the worst thing you can think of it's he uh Chelsea still manages to write a very unpredictable um Darth Vader which cool. is which is cool maybe it's the situations he puts him in that are unpredictable as opposed to his character still, uh, that's decisions impressive. yeah uh so really, really fun series i'm enjoying it quite a lot it's the only star wars book i'm reading now do we say image next uh yep image is next and we say farewell to a couple of series um one of them is one of our favorite books from the last year and is, is this the, the last issue yeah <coughs> I'd say so, right? Well, I don't know. It certainly felt like the absolute finale of it. Maybe. Um, I would have liked a letter at the end. Yeah, I, I, I hate issue. I hate it when a last issue comes out and there's no fanfare. Yeah, Give me a letter. Like, I just want to hear your thoughts about it, mate. Steve Scrose is the writer of the excellent book Maestros. He's also the artist. And uh, Dave Stewart and Phonographics join out, round out this creative team. Stewart on colours, Phonographics on lettering. Um, it is about Siobhan. It is about a human boy whose father comes from an alternate dimension where magic rules and his dad is the ruler of that, called the maestro. And then his, the dad and every single other person who could possibly be maestro is killed. And so the boy has to come to the magic universe and finally become maestro. And he's this kind of Neil Gaiman looking hapless but super smart kid. It's very, he's sort of, uh, that sounds cuntier than I meant it to. Do you know what I mean? Like yep. he's a he's a he's a nice character. He is um funny and he is uh compelling and there's a lot of um funny moments in the book mm-hmm. as so well as sweet moments. I just looked this up and it's it is the it's the end of story arc A. I, I, I thought it read I like a like a proper back. finale. But if if it did, like you know, it is a pretty nice ending to it. Yeah. I hope they collect all these uh seven issues in in a trade. Mm-hmm. Uh this will yeah basically saw him Basically, th- th- this book ends with like opens with the end of the universe, and uh, we see how the maestro tricks uh, mm-hmm. the universe to come back, and it's pretty funny and involves yep. uh, modern technology. Yep, but in and- a way that I didn't hate. Yes, definitely. Um, and uh, I like how imperman- is- impermanent death is in this universe as well. Yes, lo- pretty much every character has met their end at some point mm-hmm. during the series. Some of them multiple times mm-hmm. in many gory, funny ways. Uh, Steve Scrooge's art is phenomenal. So gorgeous. So gorgeous. He's great at drawing like enormous, destructive, gory moments of <laughs> violence, uh, but then also like, you know, wonderful, colorful magic stuff and uh, brilliant. Uh, Men who are also sunflowers. Yes, and brilliant expressions of, uh, of you know, fantasy emotion. Yes. Um, I love all the flashback sequences too. And we, as we learn the connection that the big bad has to the maestro himself. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really, really fulfilling series and uh, one that was uh, filled with lots of laughs at first and then uh, never really let go of that as it told quite an epic story. Absolutely. I always think it's like a it's like a bit of a grown-up Terry Pratchett vibe. So if you like Terry Pratchett but wish it had more boobs and swearing, <laughs> I think you will uh, Every single very day. much enjoy this. <laughs> yeah. Great issue. Um, and hopefully we see uh, Arc B come back. Yes, please. Very soon. Uh, Eternal Empire was another book that uh, this is definitely its conclusion because it had the word conclusion on the front cover nice. of issue 10 written by Jonathan Luna and Sarah Vaughan with art by Jonathan Luna. Uh, this was the kind of uh, fantasy book uh, in which uh, two children from two different tribes escape uh, their the, the slavery uh, roles that they were in um, because they see visions of dragons in their dreams. And when they eventually meet up, they realize that when they're together, uh, they're able to conjure these like blades of energy and they are linked to dragons that they meet. Um, But there is a third dragon and she is linked to uh, basically like the kind of queen Mm -hmm. who is ensuring everyone lives horrible, horrible lives and in slavery, etc. And so this was like the final showdown between 
between the three of them. Uh, yeah, they do, but it's it's a it's a bittersweet ending as they realise that even in spite of uh, you know them winning, uh, it, they did so in a way that makes the world still scared scared of them. Yeah. So their future is a little bit up in the air. I, it was it was a pretty um, that, that, that's me being as kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. open as possible. Um, I feel like you could definitely read the, the book and be very uh, uh, invested in the ending. Mm. I don't think I, I don't really didn't spoil it, but uh, yeah, I, this is a, a cool book. I didn't love it as much as their last series together, um, Alex and Ada. Yeah, which is I would quite like to go back because I I fell off this because I missed a couple of issues, and I would quite like to go back and reread it because it's a style of fantasy that I usually enjoy. Yeah, it's definitely a character focused fantasy too, which is what what I like the most, as, in, as opposed to world focused fantasy because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh, there's too many fucking kinds of people, too many elves. <laughs> you racist. Um, I'm racist to elves. Great. <laughs> Um, Alex and Ada is a uh, is a great book by the same creative team that I highly recommend too. But this will read really well in it's trade. About fucking robots. Yeah, it's but it's it's a, such a thrilling story by the yeah. end. Yeah, it becomes an action. Also romantic. Yeah, that's great. Uh, but yeah, this is really really good. Eternal Empire, loved it. Really mm. enjoyed it. Speaking <sighs> of fucking. Um, oh wow, you're still reading this guy. Yeah, fuck yeah. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah, I read issue two of Unnatural by Mirka Andolfo because it is like a female gaze sexy book. You sure. know what I mean? Yep. Mirka Andolfo is a, um Italian woman and this is a book about anthropomorphized animals who live in a world in which it is illegal to be in a relationship outside of your species. And if you hit 25 and you are not in a long-term relationship with someone from your species, you are like sent to a special dating place where you will be paired up with your appropriate person. And it's kind of like a breeding camp, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so this is kind of, it's like a semi, you know, racism commentary, blah, blah, blah. Reminds me of The Lobster, that movie with What's-His-Face, but uh, with like sexy pigs. Cool. <laughs> and in this we find out more history of our main character. There's like some weird shit going on. I like this. It's like, Silly, the art's good. It's like a furry book, but there's nothing wrong with that, I guess. Siobhan's a furry, I'm everybody. A furry now. You're welcome. <laughs> um, this episode is called Siobhan's a Furry. <laughs>
but I like this a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let me know if I should jump back on it. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, it's. I wouldn't say this is like essential reading for anyone, but it is like, it's a romance story. It's a something very different from Image and it's had like a really big response. Oh, cool. Um, which is cool. I like that. It's a, it's a one person's vision, female led, blah, blah, blah. Good, Good. stuff. Good stuff. Pass it over here. Um, you also read Death or Glory, the yes. recommender book. With, about the cool female um, driver, car driver, drives cars. Um, this is written by Rick Remender with art by Bengal, who is, I think, so, so good. Um, and so this <coughs> book sees our driver lady team up with a dude to rescue his niece from what is probably uh, like nun. Uh, there's nuns in it and they've... Putting her into sex slavery. Right. I couldn't think of the right way. Nunnery. Yeah, that's what, that's what a nunnery is. Convent. No, it's not. Convent. Convent. But like a sex convent. Anyway, um, and our driver's ex-boyfriend is a mad drug dealer, and so she's going to steal money from him so that she can pay for her dad's liver transplant. Okay. And it's good. This is like a real big shoot 'em up issue with lots of like really um, amazing, impactful car driving scenes. Oh, my God. I'm so brain dead today. Anyway... <laughs> Um, I really genuinely enjoy this. I think it's good fun. The art's really dynamic. You also don't drive. So I also don't that, That's why drive. it's funny to hear you talking about... Yeah, <laughs> car driving. Trying to like, what yeah, is- <laughs> expand your vocabulary. <laughs> driving seems scary. I don't like wheels. Anyway, this is good. This book isn't doing anything to help your fears either. No, it's not. But um, maybe maybe if I learned how to drive, I could look like a cool, a cool car lady. Mm. Mm. Anyway. Final image book for today is Farmhand, issue number two, um, written and drawn by Rob Gilroy, who was uh, best known for his work as the artist on Chew. Um, John Lehman was the writer of that series, and uh, I've kept up with a lot of his series since Chew. I was a big fan of the Chew series. Um, I, think it, I think it got better and better as it, as it went on. Um, but uh, John Lehman's books have been very, very different since, since from, from Chew since, mm-hmm. since he finished that series. Um, he has but done a few in the kind of the comedy realm, but he also did that excellent... Um, Eleanor the, the Egret. Oh, yeah. God, that was so weird. Eleanor that, and the Egret with Eleanor Sam Eleanor Keith. Yeah, that was great. Um, but aside from that, I haven't really enjoyed much of what I've read of his, but I, give, I do give everything a shot because he's a good writer. Mm. But uh, with this issue of Farmhand, um, in which uh, it's basically it's about uh, a, 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 a man reuniting with his father uh, after being estranged from him for many years, but his father is uh, kind of like leading a new study. His, his in, dad has a farm where he grows like... Human body parts. noses and kidneys and stuff for people on trees. Um, And there's like lots of like shady stuff in Mm. in their past and also in in what his father is currently up to at the moment. People out to get him and that kind of thing. Um, But I think really this really feels like a a spiritual successor to Chew. Um, Not just just from a writing, uh, an art point of view, but definitely from an art point of view too. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, a writing point of view too. It, uh, it, uh, It really, really scratched that itch that has been missing since that series finished. Um, And, uh, <laughs> um, but it is like it's it's good fun. I, I like this. I like this more than I think I'm going to every single time because it's a bizarre concept, um, and the art's not necessarily something that would normally appeal to me personally. But I do like it, and it's such a strong sort of family story, and the characters are interesting, and the basic idea is like so weird, yeah, and funny. I'm I'm into it. Gilroy is a cartoonist. Like it is very very exaggerated comedic cartooning. Yeah, but he just. 
he goes all the way with it. Yeah. Like, you know, you have very, very stylized, uh, exaggerated faces and funny expressions on almost every character. But mm-hmm. like, it's just that, that's just his style. And uh, mm-hmm. you get used to it very, very quickly. And he's it's, it's an excellent cartooning in this in this series. Absolutely. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, Farmhand. Check it out. It's gory. Now we're talking about DC books. I read a lot of DC <laughs> books this week for some reason. Do you want to start with the first one we talk about? Yeah. Uh, Catwoman. How about that? Yeah, let's talk about Catwoman. Catwoman, issue number two, written and by, and drawn by um, Joelle Jones, with colours by Laura Alred. Um, this is kind of, yeah, after after she did not marry Batman, Catwoman goes to another city in America. To try uh, and forget her woes. And she uh, finds a bunch of um, other women dressing up as herself in Catwoman gear, um, which may have been, they, they may have been put up to by the mayor. But the mayor's wife who is, like, a scary lady who puts on her face every morning in, like, the most literal sense, like, constructs a new beautiful face for her and then is, like, this horrifying monster at the end of the day and seems to be trying to control everything from behind the scenes, but her husband appears to be trying to... Either a mayor or or a senator. I don't know whatever he is, but yeah. some kind of politics bro. Government hack. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this was a mostly, uh, like the, the, the first half of it is a really exciting, um, action sequence in which mm-hmm. Catwoman just fights other Catwomen for, for you know, eight it's pages. So it's so good. Um, and it's great to see Joel Jones just let loose and draw just really, really awesome action. And just the, the variety of faces and expression and body types. Mm-hmm. I think she's so amazing. And the colors are gorgeous. Yeah. Colors are really, really great. Really, really different to everything else that Joelle Jones has done in the past. Um, it's I mean, too good to be a superhero book. I know that's like a dumb thing to say, but it doesn't even feel. Oh, no, it feels like a, like a vertigo or an image book yeah. because it, this is like, it's a, it's quite the story wise. It's a very slow burn. Mm-hmm. We don't really know what the plot is. We just know the characters in it so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we, we kind of get hints as to what, might come in the future, but there's no kind of semblance of what Catwoman's motivations are besides mm-hmm. just not not being married to Bruce Wayne. Yep, she's uh, just trying to forget her forget her troubles by stealing a bunch of shit. Classic Catwoman. But I loved like her sort of sleeping in a warehouse surrounded by like <laughs> statues and antiquities that she's stolen. It's my favorite kind of Catwoman. Um, so I don't know who at DC has decided that every single one of their books needs needs to have a minimum of <sighs> two double page ads in them now. And make sure you pick the most pivotal moment uh, in in like a in in the book, like where you turn the page expecting to see like the answer yeah. to a cliffhanger, but instead you get like a massive two page ad for a book that, like no some of them likes. maybe you're already reading at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, DC but- DC have the worst ad placement I think of any comic book company ever. I find them constantly disruptive. That's probably why why a lot of people read um read digitally. Yeah. Don't have to worry about that there. I could get out of the way now. Let's talk about Plastic Man, issue number three, another book written by Gail Simone this week. Um, this one uh, features art by... Adriana Mello. And colours by Kelly Fitzpatrick. All-female team, yes, please. Very cool. Love it. I did not love this issue. Oh, yeah? I really, I really, oh, loved, the, I really loved the last two. I just, uh, I don't know. I guess it's the characters. I like Plastic Man. I just don't care about any of the other characters in, in this in this um, series. I like the strippers and the small girl. Sure. <laughs> I like her. I like, um, I think, I, I don't know, I like it. I think it's funny. It's silly. It's good. Like, it's got the kind of Gail Simone balance of fairly grim stuff and action happening while also being uh, very deftly balanced with really funny moments. I think that she understands Plastic Man really well and, like, there are some great moments that they use his physicality really well. I like this a lot. Hmm. There are sweet moments in it. And I will read this till the end because we're at the halfway point now. But, yeah, I, I wasn't super into this issue. Mm, fair enough. It was a bit of an in-between issue. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, what should we talk about next, Yvonne? Should Detective? we talk about... Yes, please. Detective Comics issue 986, written by Brian Hill, um, with art by um, Philippe Briones. I didn't enjoy this art as much as I have the artists in the last few issues, but no. uh, it wasn't it wasn't bad. No, Colors by good. Adriano Lucas, um, and this is basically a, a... It's The Outsiders. Yeah, Batman is called over Black Lightning from, from uh, Metropolis to come and babysit um, Duke, Barbara, and Cassandra. Mm-hmm. Um, and meanwhile, he has to deal with a villain that wants to kill all of Batman's Bat family because they make him weak. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was uh, like a, a really fun issue. Um, yeah. the, the first kind of like straight up action kind of issue yep. of the run so far. Yep. And uh, featured a great, if you're a fan of Cassandra Kane, uh, being Which a hero. I am. Uh, being a hero with very few words. Uh, this had. This has some great scenes with her in it. I think that Brian Hill is using Black Lightning really well. I like that we get Katana at the end of this issue. Yeah, She's literally totally. Literally just getting the Outsiders together, and I'm I'm here for it. Who was so? Who was in the Outsiders? It was Katana. Uh, Katana, was it, Black was it, Lightning. Was it Metamorpho? Was Geoforce. He no. Geoforce, no. Um, I don't think maybe Metamorpho. Mm, I don't know about Metamorpho. Yeah, right, sure. Geoforce is Terra from the Teen Titans, brother. He's a prince. Cool. Of a random. Uh, Eastern European country. <laughs> I look forward to seeing him show up. But yeah, I mean, like, I have no really connection to Katana as a character. And especially after the Suicide Squad she movie. She wants to do it with her sword, right? Um, I, it was awesome just to see her kind of show up as like, yeah, like someone that is going to uh, teach Batman yeah. how, to, how to fight. Um, it was great. I, I love it when, you know, like Batman calls in someone to teach him something as opposed yeah, totally. to, t- you know, come, come and help me solve this crime, whatever. You know they will anyway. Yeah. But it is fun. I like, you know, when, when Batman becomes a, a, a student. Absolutely. Fun Good shit. Fun. Yeah. Fun series. I'm enjoying where Brian Hill has taken this. It doesn't feel too different to um, James Tini in the fourth. Like it doesn't feel like drastically different, but it, it's a nice change. Absolutely. Bendis is back, everybody. Superman. Uh, Bendis is coming. He's come. He's came. He all came. Of, he came. Uh, Superman issue issue. number two. Um, it came out this week uh, with art by Ivan Reyes. And um, this is a book that he is much more suited to than the Terrifics. First and yeah. foremost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm still the biggest fan of his art, but I, it definitely works a lot more on a Superman book than it does on something be, trying to be a bit left of center or throwbacky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's also featured inks by Joe Prado and Eau Claire Albert. And you Colors can definitely by... tell the Joe Prado inks. It makes it look a bit more like 90s, I reckon. Yep. And uh, Colors by Alex Sinclair. Uh, this was the first book from... Uh, the, Superman, sorry, Bendis's Superman stuff so far. We've gotten what three issues of action and mm-hmm. two of Superman plus the Man of Steel event. So like ten issues in so far, so far into his, into his run mm-hmm. that I was kind of like, eh, whatever. But it wasn't bad. It was just a bit whatever. Yeah, it was a bit of a like in between issue. So like the whole of the Earth is inside the Phantom Zone, and now slowly people are like falling apart because we're not like under Earth's sun anymore, and gravity isn't a thing, and we're not in our universe, so everything's kind of falling apart and Superman's a bit like, oh, I don't really know what to do. Which I think is um that's a that's a good problem for Superman. This yeah, is the definitely. kind of Superman problem I yeah, like definitely. to see him solve. So I think I think where in the past I've I've gone like, oh Bendis in the past is on issues like this and I'm, I'm I was happy that this was just kind of like fine as yeah. opposed to like just trying to milk the most out of nothing to do a filler issue. He he made it a pretty compelling filler issue. Yeah, totally. I think I think it was a good issue. Yeah. I enjoyed that. You got some other DC books that uh, I did not read this week. Yes. So I read Supergirl because um, it's the first issue. It's by Mark Andreco. Mark Andreco with art by Kevin Maguire. How um, hard pencils. is it, though? How hard is it to put girls on this book? 
Man, it's fucking impossible, turns out. No. Um, we got we got Supergirl being super. Which was Joelle Jones. Super. And and uh, what's her name? Mariko Tamaki. That was awesome, but that was like that wasn't even in continuity. Yeah. Look. Why wouldn't I they have kept Tamaki around to do the regular incontinuity supergirl? Because Marvel snapped her up. Yeah. Like good. fucking the smart people that they are. Because and this is a key point that I make all the time, but Marvel have female editors. And DC do not have female editors, especially in the Superman office. And I think that makes a big difference. Definitely. But I like Kevin Maguire. Big fan of um, Justice League International. So I wanted to check this oh, out. Oh, shit. How does it look? Fucking great. It looks really good. I really like it. And this is like Supergirl who is sort of dealing with some shit, you know? Like she really saw Krypton blow up in a way that Superman didn't because he was a baby. She saw her whole family die. Mm. And now she's had to deal with the trauma of um, the bottle city of Candor being destroyed and all of her remaining family dying. So this spins out pretty much immediately after Man of Steel. Yes. And so this is Supergirl um, deciding that she is going to go into space with Crypto, yes please, um, to try and track down uh, what really happened to Krypton and this bro who Superman is fighting in the main Superman series, um, what he knows and did he really kill all of the all of Krypton? What's going on? Anyway, she's out for vengeance and I think it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, cool. It was a good first it was a great first issue, like of an arc. Um and the arts I really like the art. I think I it looks I might, strong. I might try and read this before the next issue comes out. If this is going to be a monthly, this could be could be a fun one to read. Yeah. I, lo- I just love crypto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love crypto. I, I love, love the idea of Supergirl and crypto um, in a rocket ship, traveling through space, having adventures. <laughs> a dog having in a cape. vengeance adventures. A dog in a cape is all I need. Absolutely. Um, and I've got a book here, which I think you're going to be mad at yourself for not reading, because this is the next issue of Steve Orlando's in-between run on Wonder Woman. Yep, before so, um, G. Willow Wilson, Wilson takes over. over. Um, and so this is the first of, I would assume, a two-issue arc called uh, Enemy of Both Sides. And it's got art by your bro, ACO. ACO. Echo. that These guys work together on Midnighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, ACO is fucking great. Yep. Is, was this to your taste this time? Or yes. You, oh, right. Okay, I cool. I like this issue a lot. Um, and so this is um, Wonder Woman teaming up with Artemis and Aztec. Aztec, sorry. <laughs> Aztec, the character, um, the Grant Morrison character. Oh, great. And so this is like the, the Graham original... Graham Morrison Az- and Mark Miller, they did yes. it together. Um, the original Aztec is dead and it's now a woman. Great. Excellent. And so it is um, Artemis, Wonder Woman and Aztec teaming up to rescue Wonder Woman's aunt. Fuck, look at that aunt. I know. Really, oh really gorgeous. Oh my God. That a, um, a Themyscirin who has been trapped in like a mythological, crazy, Kirby fucking um, Aztec... Dimension. Oh, there's, and there's such there's so little dialogue. There's I'm, so little dialogue. There's <laughs> so a lot of board. action. The relationship between Wonder Woman and Artemis is great. I love this new female Aztec. I hope she gets used. Her, the costume is great. I wish I got to wear a big spiky helmet all the time. Um, I really, really, really rate this issue. I think it's the best thing I've read that Steve Orlando's done in a really long time. Amazing. And I love the art on it. ACO or Aiko, however you want to say his name, he's he is the his king of like gorgeous. <clears throat> over the top breakout panels and like you know really turning the space in between the each panel into something novel and crazy mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. sometimes it can be over the top and maybe not work for the story but this looks like it's 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 just really really suited to the story you have like aztec art taking oh man looks so good I, i'm definitely reading this one as soon as we finish recording that looks so good so good yeah really really good the enemy of both sides cool good shit yeah 
Um, over to Wildstorm now for Michael Cray, issue number 10, written by Brian Hill um, with art by N. Stephen Harris. Um, and this series started out as Michael Cray, every two issues, facing a different, uh, like, you know, alternate version of one of the main DC heroes and essentially having to take them out. I slightly so, missed that. Well, that's what I was going to get at. Like, it, this, the, the first few issues was, like, him taking out Green Arrow mm-hmm. and The Flash mm-hmm. and Aquaman. And for the last, like five or six issues we've gotten just kind of him it's much slower it's about him and john constantine and uh, and, and diana prince um and it has a lot more to do with like the origin of his powers and the secret societies that he's worked with and it's still solid but i i miss how fun this book was when it totally. started the action scenes are still great like the the diana prince sort of fight scene i think is Excellent. Yeah, really cool. Um, and I wish I understood the reveal. I'm sure that's like a wild stormy thing that I don't really get. Well, the real reveal is that that there's like you know there's, there's an alien, there's, there's in an his alien brain. inside of him. Yeah, there's an alien inside of all of us. Um, I, I don't think there's anything more than that. Really, it's just like he's finally going to find out what what what's in his head and what mm-hmm. what 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 his powers can have him do. Yeah, I guess that's pretty good. Yeah, I'm gonna. I mean, there's only two issues left, but I I, I kind of wish it. It stuck to that format of like just Michael Cray taking down someone else every two issues because it was a really fun format for the first half of the series. Absolutely. Final DC book is also the final issue of uh, the Young Animal series, Eternity um, Girl. Eternity Girl, not Eternally Um Girl. I think um, I probably didn't uh, pay enough attention to this book to really give it. Magdalene Visaggio wrote this one with art by Sunny Liu and uh, colors by Ch- Chris Chukri. Um And this was about a, uh, a once t- one-time superhero whose powers were like elemental based, mm-hmm. but basically mm-hmm. she learns she can't die. Um, and uh, when someone uh, offers her the opportunity to die, but in, to do that, she has to destroy everything. She takes it. Yeah. She's like super. <laughs> Sign me up. Um, and so this is basically the, you know, what, what stops her from destroying the, the entire world to destroy herself so that, you know, what, how, who can, how does she, how can she be convinced to continue living her utterly miserable life? Mm. Um, and this started out super like, you know, very o- like openly talking about suicide. I think it, 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 it I was worried how they were going to stick the landing. And I think they definitely did. Yeah. I, I enjoyed this as, as a finale to, the, to, to to this series. And the art's really gorgeous. Like doing something, um, like Sunny Liu is really great at something a bit more experimental, and like the the page layouts are really great. Mm-hmm. I didn't really understand this like Afro DJ character, but whatever. He's been in the last <clears throat> the last few issues. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think this, this was a fun fun little six issue series, and uh, mm-hmm. one of the better things that Young Animal did in the last year. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely be looking for more by this creative team in the future. For sure. Or them separately, for sure. Cool. That's it for DC, Image, and Marvel. Now we move over to uh, a handful of books published by other publishers this week, um, starting with another finale. Lots of comics ending this this week, which is always good because it means I don't have to keep them on my pull list anymore. Yes, please. Uh, Bloodshot Salvation uh, it brings to a close Jeff Lemire's long run with the character Bloodshot. Um, I am going to miss it. Yeah, and uh, we had um, art by Doug Braithwaite on this one with colours by Geordie Belair. Um, and uh, this uh, kind of, we have the reunion of, uh, of Bloodshot and Magic and his daughter um, as he comes back from the, the future where he's been sent from hell. It's been a ridiculous uh, final arc it's to the story. It's been over the top. Um, but I thought after how solid, especially this Bloodshot Salvation run has been, I thought this ending was a bit stock standard action comic. I agree, but I think, I think, it's so hard to do an ending in superhero comics and for leave sure. it open-ended for the next person. Yeah. That's one of the key problems with superhero comics. Um, and I think he did a good job. I think that the, the sort of new 
uh, status quo for the family is good. I like the character development that he managed to do throughout the whole series. Um, the new sort of additions into the Valiant universe. I think it was really good. Yeah. I um, I did, Now that it's finished, I highly recommend everyone go back and read through all of Lemire's uh, Bloodshot run from the beginning. Absolutely. It's a really, really great, um, different kind of uh, hero story, uh, superhero story that has already kind of been... We're already seeing a cover version of elements of it in uh, what uh, Donny Cates is doing with Venom. Absolutely. Um, and... Uh, and yeah, I think this will this will be quite an impactful um, influence wise uh, comic um, in the future. Yep. Also, the um, preview of the new arc of Ninjack in the back um, by Christos Gage. Ninjack in the back. Roberto Della Torre looks amazing. Oh, how good is that art? Look how gorgeous that is. That's the first time that I've seen a. Um, is it Ninja K or Ninjack? I'm always just going to call him Ninjack. Um, like the the his. Ninja skills are very much on display. Good yeah. Sword play. Very cool stuff. Love it. Lots of stabbing through the neck. Yes, please. <laughs> Necks are dumb. Necks are dumb. Who needs them? Not me. Um, I barely have one. You know what I do need, though, Siobhan? Oh, man. I need, I need an issue like this every week, please. Every week to just uh, reignite <laughs> my love of the medium, to remind me why I love comic books, these, to fulfill me. These next two issues that I'm about to talk about, both of them had me... and like I, I had the last page of them. I was like, fuck. Like, I just swore loudly yeah. and just was just like, this is what I want out of a comic. Yes. Um, the first of which is uh, She Could Fly from Burger Books and Dark Horse. Uh, this is number two of four of a new series uh, written by a uh, new comic book writer, um, Previously was a uh, and still is a, a TV writer, okay, Christopher cool. Cantwell, um, and uh, one of uh, the podcast favorite artists, Martin Morazzo, who we see on uh, Ice Cream Man and uh, the, the um, uh, incredible the something sublime, Electric Sublime, Electric Sublime, um, Colors by Miroslav Merva. Yeah, um, and uh, this book is about uh, a girl who uh, whose head um, always shows her. The, the worst person that she could be. Yes. Um, basically, she always can see visions of her killing everyone that she is close to and loves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously that's a horrible way to live your life. Yes. But she's, it, and it's a real, like, it's a real me- mental illness. And there's a, there's, she's become obsessed with um, a character who was able to fly in, mm-hmm. in the first issue, who met her, demi- her met, who just randomly exploded yes. at the end of last issue. And she's obsessed with this story and keeps bothering her family about it because this is the only thing that kind of, Brings her some level of peace is investigating it more and more and talking about it mm-hmm. with uh, with with somebody, but no one will listen. And so she decides to start investigating it herself. And uh, this ties her into um, another couple of characters that we've been seeing in this series. Um, it's a one of those is a man who uh, who worked for the government. He's a physicist. Physicist uh, who who's was, on the run with his favorite prostitute. Yeah, and uh, they've got there are people on the run to try and take him out. Um, mm-hmm. And now, now that also her grandma is somehow involved. Her grandma, who appears to be some kind of Buddhist monk, who has reappeared in her life after twenty years of being missing. Yeah, and also sees visions herself. Um, it's just amazing. It's so there's so much going on in this book, and you wonder, you know, are these disparate kind of storylines? What when are we going to see them kind of mm-hmm. cross over? And mm-hmm. when they finally do at the end of this issue, it was so satisfying. And there's only two issues of this left, but like, oh really? Oh, yeah, it's my a God. two two or four. Um, but uh, I love that on the front cover, um, you have you know as most comics do, like yeah. you know uh, a, a beautiful kind of appraisals of uh, of the, the the contents of the comic, and uh, we get she could fly as a modern day masterpiece. It's heartbreakingly beautiful and honest to its core. And then it's credited to Aaron Paul who played Jesse on Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> he likes comics, um, and 
I think that's completely accurate. This book makes me like, it makes my heart ache. It makes me really feel, you know? It's like very, um, what's the word? No, it's gone. You know, makes me feel full of life. Yeah, it's affirming. Edifying. Affirming, affirming. Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's, a, it's a brilliant comic. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they had to edit the word bitch out of Aaron Paul's review. Yeah, you got to assume, right? He's still... He's still, he's still a little, just little in that character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is like, if you can still find copies of this in single issue or digitally, like, I, like this get is... Get it, get it, get it. This is what we read comics for. Yes. And the fact that like Martin Morazzo was able to do this as well as do my, one of my favorite image books, Ice Cream Man, at the same time. We got a new issue of that this week. Yes, please. Um, it's so... It's just a revelation like to him. The colors are excellent. I love mm-hmm. the covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this book is the full package. Um, and like, this is going to be the book that... It, Everyone would be like, fuck, Karen Berger is back. Yeah. Doing like, you know, modern day comic book classics, just like she was doing at Vertigo in the, in the 80s and 90s. Definitely, this is one to pick up and trade as well. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I, so this, this is a lot of, this, this is my like Christmas present for yes. a lot of my friends this year, um, which is as big a praise as you can give a comic book. Absolutely. This is a, a comic book for everyone, provided they're an adult. Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Do not give this to children. No. Uh, so, that's cool. so it's called She Could Fly. Uh, I couldn't, couldn't recommend this one high, any higher. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Um, and uh, the second book that also was very life-affirming this week was uh, issue five of the uh, latest uh, volume of Strangers in Paradise. Strangers written, in Paradise 25. Written and drawn by Terry Moore. Um, Living legend, Terry Moore. Just, and one of the best comic book storytellers yeah. we, we've got. This whole issue was basically a conversation between two women. And, and he manages to make that, like, page-turning and gripping. And, and it's not so... so All right, so... A lot of people, and myself included, when it, not even like bef- one before I started reading Strangers in Paradise, and also while I was reading the first few volumes of Strangers in Paradise, I thought it was a, a relationship comic, and there are elements of that. But this is this run arc, especially, it's a spy comic. It's a sexy spy comic, and uh, it is brilliant. the The world that he's built within this comic, revolving around these two characters that are like you know star-crossed lovers in mm-hmm. in, in, in the first few volumes um, and, uh, and now they are together um, mm-hmm. um in this arc and uh, except babies yeah except they've they've been split up while while Kachu, um basically does one last mission mm-hmm. um <coughs> but now she's getting deeper and deeper in it and she's betraying the people that are that have that have kind of stood by her for as long as we can remember um but basically when she, when she's been given kind of she she awakes from being sick at the start of this issue, um, and uh, Tambi, who is kind of like the the head of the organize or is now the head of the organization that she worked for, um, kind of brings her up to speed of, of what what the mission was for and and why things turned the way they turned, and she does so by kind of talking about in in explicit detail. Um, like this story about Cleopatra, we yeah. we learn about Cleopatra, like there's in like the historical figure Cleopatra, and the fact that when Cleopatra died, um, she was uh, buried in a tomb that no one's ever found. I didn't know any. I don't even know if this is true. Uh, you know h- how much true. real world kind of stories link mm. to this. But anyway, in in Strangers in Paradise, uh, archaeologists have found Cleopatra's tomb, or so they think. They didn't find her body, but what they did find was. Uh, some of her math. Yeah, like math, some maths that Cleopatra had been working on that she had written. In she had, base phi, base which f- no one else has used, like someone else apparently discovered like this year. Whoa. Yeah, and so th- anything using this maths is is like so worth, like it is like so valuable to military. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
basically like it's it's a it's a really really valuable weapon. This yes. this 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 maths equation that that Cleo- Cleopatra was w- had in her tomb, and this is like told over like eight, tw- ten panels, mm-hmm. and I complain a lot about when that shit happens in like a Scott Snyder book, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I think the way that they get around it is like one, it's not like. It, Crazy bullshit space yeah, crap. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> but also, Kachu is well written. Kachu is like this mix of, like she's an intelligent woman, but she doesn't. She's not on the level that, that Tambi is as far as this kind of realm. She has no yeah, idea she's what an artist exactly. She's and, like a bit um <coughs> of a loose cannon. So not only is she like oblivious to what what Tambi is talking about at first, as as she continues, she's kind of like ambivalent towards it in a way, and like mm-hmm. is yawning and doesn't really care about elements of it and it's just it just makes it entertaining because Tambi is still explaining to her and we get these moments of disinterest or like mm-hmm. shock from Kachu. I think that's what makes it interesting. Yep. Anyway, that's one part of this this comic. The greatest story that we're that we're telling here, which is a very Kachu centric comic, um um is uh it's just phenomenal. It's, it's so gorgeous. good. It's such a like it's such a treat to have this in single issues again. Mm. Lovely. Um did you have you have you finished reading nope. through all of the first? Yeah, you should do it. I need to get. I still I still have like five volumes to read, which is like overwhelming, but also <laughs> so exciting. Yeah, it took me a while to read like the first three, and then I just burned through the yeah. rest in like a couple of nights. Yeah, one of the best things I've ever done. Strangers in Paradise and Love and Rockets, like two of my favorite things that I've ever read. All they're of. so good. Uh, Nancy Drew oh. this week. Oh, I missed this. Well, oh. I, I only read some of it. Um, oh, okay. It's a this is a Nancy Drew issue number three through Dynamite Comics. Um, Kelly Thompson doing it. Kelly Thompson does best. Yes, Kelly Thompson writing a book with phenomenal. I keep saying phenomenal today. I don't know mm. why. I'm mean, listening to LL Cool J, maybe. Uh, Jensen Onge is on uh, Saint Onge and, uh, is is on art with uh, colors by Triona Farrell. It's a brilliant team. Um, I think uh, Kelly Thompson really nails this character. This is basically it's like you know it's a teen crime book. Yeah, it feels explicitly marketed to teens or those yep. who have a fondness for this genre. Mm-hmm. I don't, and uh, I can I do. absolutely see why this is a great comic. Yeah, it's just not for me. And if I you think- love teen girl detectives. And I do. This is a good comic for you. And I think like a big part of me make letting myself read less comics is like I, I never want to feel like I'm forcing myself to read something. If I'm like, oh, I could be yeah. doing anything else I'd rather be doing. And like, even though I know this is good, it's not doesn't appeal to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First and foremost, so I need to I need to like I, need I, to I own that. Exactly. So uh, if you if, if if what I described does appeal to you, you should read this book because it's very, very well done. But uh, it does not appeal to me. And so I will stop reading. Uh, one thing I did read, and I <laughs> did read, oh, God, guys, I'm so sorry, teething babies. Um, <laughs> I read Issue 2 of Clan Killers by Sean Lewis um, and Antonio Fuso. Mm. Um, and this is like, a, oh, it's so hard to explain. It's like two semi-abused children in ancient, uh, like medieval Ireland who are trying to kill one of their dads who's like an evil king. But to do that, they have to like go into mythology. So it's full of like banshees and other sort of um, classically Irish <laughs> baddies. Um, and it's 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 actually pretty compelling. The art's really nice. The colors are really great. It's got this kind of cool, washed out, almost 90s vertigo vibe. It's very spooky and weird. Um, but it's very hard to explain. And I'm not sure how connected I am to the characters. I think it's probably one that I'll leave from now on. I wanted to give it issue two just to see if I really liked it but um, I think probably in the long term not for me that's published by Aftershock okay but I will keep an eye on both of those creators and everything that they do from here on in yeah Sean Lewis yet yet to do a comic that's really grabbed me but mm. I'm, I'm glad you're a fan yeah 
Final book we're going to talk about today is from Boom Studios. It is the second last issue of Mech Cadet U, um, a book that I thought would go on for a long time, but looks like we're getting this again in the final issue next next month. <clears throat> uh, it's written by Greg Pak with excellent art by Takeshi Miyazawa and colors by Jessica Coline. Colin, um, and this book is uh, essentially like Greg Pak's kind of love story to Japanese mech um, TV shows and manga, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, this uh, it's about a, 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 the son of a janitor who um, who basically in this world you can link with uh, these enormous robos from space from space, space robos and then, then they've got to fight bugs called the shark and there's an enormous uh, like attack fleet from sh- of, of bugs coming to destroy Earth mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's up to these robos to kind of like sacrifice themselves essentially mm-hmm. uh, to save the world but of course the kids piloting them that have bonded with them don't want them to sacrifice themselves obviously. And I think, you know, as a whole, that sacrificed it for the greater good, like, you know, trope. Mm. I, I like it when, you know, I, I like I liked the end of The, La- the Last Jedi where, like... I've seen that. Oh, right. Well, it's kind of like, don't don't kill yourself for this. Right. Yeah, you know, it does, it's not always the best way, best way yeah, to go yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, And uh, I, li- I liked that we have, like, all these different perspectives of what to do in this, like, you know, world-ending situation. And uh, there are those of... There are some characters that that want to die a hero and, mm-hmm. and some robots that want to die a hero too. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, the heart of this book is you don't have to always be that kind of hero. Absolutely. It's I really like this. Book. Yeah. I'm, I'm keeping all these single issues as one to uh, give, my, give my kids when they're a bit older because I think this is like a great one to get them into fun space yeah, for sure. robot comics. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Met Cadet U. Um, I'll, be, uh, I'll be sad to see it go, but it looks like it's going to end on a really high note. Just like this episode, Siobhan. Absolutely. Uh, what a great episode, a great of, episode. Uh, of of Serious Issues. Sorry we're a little bit late this week. Um, um, as we uh, have mentioned many times, parenting has its difficulties. Sometimes it's hard. And yesterday, before I w- when I was about to leave the house, I got a call from uh, Matilda's daycare um, that she had cried so much that she threw up. <laughs> but that was good because I was very, very tired yesterday because Shatterstar had uh, cried so hard that he passed out and then also cried so hard that he threw up. Um <laughs> It's an in epidemic. The night. So <laughs> I was in no shape. You're- I was bad today. Oh boy. Shatterstar is getting his. What teeth is he getting at the moment? I don't think it's quite a molar, but it's one of the further back. Oh uh, uh, yeah, the eye, the eye teeth when they get. Ugh. So the molars are pretty bad, but the in between after that, the in between teeth, the eye teeth, that's the worst. That's the worst. So it only gets worse. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm like. That's what I'm realizing. I was, I was like, oh, teething's bad, but it's not that bad. Now I'm like, oh, oh, teething is awful. Um, it's funny that like you know for. A lot of teething chat going on. We don't. There was an issue of baby teeth that came out this week by Johnny Cates. So neither of us are reading that series. Mm. Could it would have been a great segue? We uh, might have been able to learn talk. something about teeth. I doubt that's what the comic is about. Same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you have any teething remedies, um, you know, there's like those weird like amber necklaces. That, 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 yeah. That you they don't teeth on them you just put them on their necks and yes i have one because someone gave it to me because you I have was hippie like, friends but i hate i hate my baby wearing a necklace I hate, siobhan hates his I hates hate baby. baby no no god no i love my baby i hate um making my baby look like a little hippie right yeah um, but what's the science behind that it's not science it's magic <laughs> 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 which is the problem and i don't know how much it worked and also i was afraid of him choking himself in his sleep yeah all, all valid things to think about. All valid about. things. Anyway, amber necklaces, Did you friends. get, you get Bongella? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that shit's pretty, yeah. pretty pretty good. Loading him up. Yeah. Have you ever put it on yourself? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had a mouth ulcer? Yes, please. Oh, Bongella right. Forever. Okay, cool. All right, fine. Um, cool, guys. <laughs> well, that was some uh, extra teething talk for all your true fans <laughs> out there. Uh, if you want to find us online, we can find us at facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. Or again, join our Patreon group. Patreon... Uh, Support us on Trade yes. Patreon. Ooh. Give us money for Bongella. Yes, uh, For ourselves, not for our babies. Yeah. 
Because that numbing, or well, once it, once just you get drinking hooked. it, just mainlining it. <laughs> I love not being able to feel my tongue. Um, uh, Patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. We have a Facebook group too, where you can discuss this episode and all the comics within it. It's fun. Facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. Um, if you were someone that listens to podcasts on Spotify, you may have heard Siobhan and I uh, talking about PayPal in a bunch of ads. Love PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you haven't heard them, uh, try and find them. I don't, I don't know if they're Australian exclusive or not, but that was fun to do. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, you can find us uh, on Twitter at serious underscore underscore issues or individually, I'm at levdog, D-A-W-G at the end there, and Siobhan is Siobhan CBG. It's me. Um, got some other podcasts out there, should you choose to mm-hmm. want to listen to them. Um, I got uh, Hey Fam, which is also on the Planet Broadcasting Network. Uh, this week, we right now, as soon as I finish up- uploading this episode, I'm going to go to a special sneak preview of the new Nintendo game, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Oh. And so we're going to be giving our full reports on that this week, which is very exciting. That's cool. Um, and, uh, of course, all the other ones, old raps and... Uh, is the Mitchin still going? Kind of, sure. Hmm. And uh, all the small games. There's a bunch of them. They're fun. Yeah. Uh, go listen to them. Thank you so much Thanks. for listening to this one, though. And Thanks, uh, see you next week when we read a bunch of other comics. <coughs> We've got a new one, a new series uh, by Bendis, like his creator own one. Yes, please. Uh, really? Yeah, sure. why not? Uh, it's got Alex uh, Maleev. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Edge of Spider-Geddon, the new uh, Spider-Man no, event starts. I don't want that. Um, in which uh, Jason Latour did art today for Spider-Ben. Yes, please. So Uncle Ben is a Spider-Man. Okay, in one of these I'm universes? sold again. Yeah, sure. Sorry. <laughs> uh, there's a new Terminator book that Dark yeah. Horse are putting out. Okay. Called to the Terminator Sector I've only War. just watched the first two Terminator movies. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Terminator 2 is great. It's the best, right? You guys, it's so good. Have you seen that movie? Don't That's see amazing. any other ones. No, I don't you, want yeah. to. Um, there's a book about um, Woody Harrelson's character in Solo, Star Wars Solo, coming out. Star Wars Beckett comes out this week. I don't know about that. Does he... Is he like Woody Harrelson? Is uh, he like somewhat. A I mean, stoner bro. Would that translate to uh, the comic medium? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, we've also got some uh, some serious issues favorites coming with new issues. We've got new uh, Fence, Flavor, Gideon Falls, Falls, and Ice Cream Man. Um, ah, that's a good week. Yeah, definitely. So we'll see you next week for a great issue, great episode featuring lots of good issues. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.